Things are about to get real today. We are heading into Acts chapter 5, and we have some really dramatic stories today. We have deception and disrespect and death and trials and punishment, one chapter and lots of drama. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are diving into episode 106 today and praying our way through Acts chapter 5. But before we do that, let's open with a bit of worship prayer. And we'll be taking our verse today from our reading from Acts 5, 11, and it says... Then great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard these things. Now, there's no context around these verses. We'll get to that in a little bit. We have the story of Ananias and Sapphira. So let's just dive into prayer. Father, I honor you today as one who is deserving of the fear of the Lord. You speak of that so often in scripture and we we don't really experience it as much as I think that we should in this day and age. We are so focused on Jesus as our friend, as our Savior, as our God, you as our Father, as the idea that we are brothers and sisters with Christ, and all of these things that really are feel-good, and that we are grateful for, and that you are, and we honor you for that today. But I want to kind of sit for a moment in the other side of that. You created everything that I know, everything that I can even imagine because you put together the cells in our body to give us a brain. You put everything in place and you hold it together by your word, by you, Jesus. And that should promote the feeling and the sense of awe. You put it all together. All of the things that we don't even come close to understanding about how our brains and our bodies work, about how the world and the universe is put together, like all of those things you just spoke and it came into existence. There should be awe. There should be respect. You are all powerful. You are outside of time. You are the mighty God. We talked about that name before, mighty God, everlasting You are eternal. You have always been and you always will be. Like these things should bring in us a sense of awe. We should also be feeling a sense of respect, a healthy fear, reverence, awe. You come as a friend and as a servant, but you also are the all-powerful God. And we need to recognize that just as much. Like we need that healthy dose of respect. And we'll get into that later, but I guess I I just want to honor you today as a God worthy of respect, worthy of our healthy awe, worthy of our reverence and our fear, not in a I'm scared of you way, but sort of in an I'm scared of you way. I am safe with you, but you are all powerful. And when we are put in the presence of an all powerful God, I'm so grateful that you are good. So I honor you today for being worthy of my reverence and my awe and my respect and my healthy fear of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all, I feel like I'm a hot mess today. That's not how I started feeling, but let's let's keep going. We are reading and praying through Acts chapter 5 today. 
We have several different dramatic stories. I'm going to read each section. There's about three or four sections in this, actually I think three in this chapter. There's Ananias and Sapphira's story. There's the story of the church in community. And then the apostles go on trial again or are questioned by the authorities again. So let's just jump right in. This is Acts chapter 5, and this first part is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. However, he kept back part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge and brought a portion of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ananias, Peter said, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds of the land? Wasn't it yours when you possessed it? And after it was sold, wasn't it at your disposal? Why is it that you planned this thing in your heart? You have not lied to people, but to God. When he heard these words, Ananias dropped dead, and a great fear came on all who heard. The young men got up, wrapped his body, carried him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Tell me, Peter asked her, did you sell the land for this price? Yes, she said, for that price. Then Peter said to her, why did you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Instantly, she dropped dead at his feet. When the young men came in, they found her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And then great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard these things. So now you have the context of the verses, verse 11 that we used in worship this morning. Let's pray. Spirit, this story is both dramatic and traumatic. And it points out very clearly that you are God. You are worthy of our respect. That you will not be disrespected, lied to, that we cannot be deceitful in your presence. It also tells us that their hearts were filled by Satan. That decision was based on Satan's words in their hearts. They were not filled with the Spirit. They were filled with Satan. And so I ask a couple of things today as we kind of think through this passage. I ask that probably bigger, like if I could ask nothing else with this passage, with this this chapter, I would ask that you would restore in us or create or bring to life in us, maybe is a better way to put this. Help us have a healthy fear of God, a healthy fear of the Lord. Let us come into your presence, yes, knowing we are celebrated and safe, but also knowing that you are the almighty, all-powerful God, so grateful that we serve a God of power and of might. And this isn't something that we talk about in our culture, in the church very often, but you are God. We are not. And I pray that you would create in us a healthy perspective of what that means, of what that looks like, and that you would bring that awe and reverence into our lives, that you would grow it so that we learn how to uh, interact, maybe, or how to be in your presence in an appropriate way because we want to honor you. That's my heart's goal. We want to glorify your name in, in the world that we live in and in my life, but I want to honor you. I need to do that appropriately. I need to approach you in a way that shows that honor. I pray that you would bring that to life in my heart, that I would not think it a light thing, think no big deal 
of dishonoring you. Because this wasn't about the money. It wasn't about that they didn't give it all to the church. It was about that they lied about what they were doing with it. And that that was, they thought that that was an appropriate way to approach their life. So I ask that you would weed out any of those places in our life where we are approaching you with casualness and thinking that we can lie to you. Appreciate the reminders, Spirit, that you are God, that we cannot lie to you, that you are so, so beyond our understanding and our capability, and that yet you help us. But I guess I'm just grateful for places in this passage where we're reminded of your deity, that the Spirit is not just a... In our church, sometimes I think we approach you, Spirit, as a secondhand kind of afterthought, and that is so not true. And we want to honor you as part of the Trinity today. We want to recognize that your work in our world, in our life, is so important and so needed. We can't do this without you. So we honor you for that today. The next section talks about the church, and it says, Many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, but the people spoke well of them. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on cots and mats, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. In addition, a multitude came together from the towns surrounding Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Spirit, your work in this time was powerful. You created unity. You created powerful healing environments, and people respected your work. Signs and wonders were being done. Your power was being displayed by people. Multitudes of men and women were being added to your church. Peter was so full of your spirit that people just wanted that they just wanted to be next to Peter so that they could sense your presence. People were healed. Like this was all going on in the church, and we come then to the next under trial. But before we get there, let's recognize that your church was growing. It was in power, and it was respected. People spoke well of the church. My heart is broken for the reputation of the church in our culture today. Broken. This is heavy on my heart this week, and maybe it's because this last week we've been going through these chapters and acts. There was power, and there was care, and there was respect isn't the word I I want necessarily, because that gets into a whole different thing. So it's not really respect that I'm thinking of, but this idea that the people spoke well of the church and of the believers and of people. It's not how our culture responds to our church today. So I ask that you would teach us in these chapters to follow, not only follow your spirit as you lead us, but to be willing and open to to, to doing your work in our lives. And we'll see it in a few verses, but this radically shifted their lives. They were, it had implications. They weren't just going through their day and not making waves. Spirit, you were making waves in their culture. I ask that you would do that in each one of our lives. Help us take that next step into that place where, Spirit, you can make waves in our lives. And whether that is, whether they're big or whether they're just little ripples 
or what they, whether they feel big or feel like little ripples, do eternal work through us. In big ways and small ways, do eternal work through us. Enough that it makes a difference. People could say this about us. People could say that signs and wonders were being done, that people were being healed, and that people were being cared for, as we saw on Monday, and that your presence was so powerful in our lives that people wanted to be near us because they want to be near you. That we aren't guilting people or um, sermoning people necessarily or judging people into an experience of you, but that because we are so full of your spirit, people want to be near us in order to be near you. All right, let's go on to the next part. So let's read this. It's kind of interesting to have these next to each other. Luke, who wrote this book, he bookended the story of Ananias and Sapphira with before talking about the power of the Spirit and what was going on and after. And so we kind of had the story and the and the second bookend. And here's the result. Remember, we talked about this cycle of miracles happen, church grows, and then they get um, clamped down on. So that's what we have next. It says, Then the high priest rose up. He and all who were with him, who belonged to the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. So they arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out, and said, Go stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. Hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Let's stop right there. Father, give me an immediate obedience like these apostles and people had. Give me not only their boldness, but their immediate, immediate obedience. Here's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Great. I want to celebrate. I want to run to safety. No. God said, go right back in the temple and begin to preach. And so they did. So give me that immediate response in my life of obedience. When the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and sent orders to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they did not find them in the jail. So they returned and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing in front of the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priests heard these things, they were baffled about them, wondering what would come of this. Someone came and reported to them, look, the men that you put in jail are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the commander went with the servants and brought them in without force because they were afraid the people might stone them. After they brought them in, had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, Didn't we strictly order you not to teach in his name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witness of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Father, help us answer boldly when we are faced with opposition. People can spring up from all kinds of different reasons to oppose your work, and certainly one of them is jealousy and protection of their own power. They don't want to feel guilty. They don't want to lose influence. They don't want to lose position. They don't want to lose power. Help me respond in authenticity, in boldness, and according to your words that I'm given at that time. Now i got to find my place again. 
When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. He said to the men of Israel, be careful about what you're about to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas rose up claiming to be somebody and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and all his followers were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, Judas the Galilean rose up in the day of the census and attracted a following. He also perished and all his followers were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or his work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. They were persuaded by him. After they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and release them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing. Now this is Peter and the apostles. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Father, this whole situation, this rising up of your church, gaining an influence and strength, and people in power needing to do something about that, were feeling threatened, and the apostles were in this position. They didn't back down. They didn't change their story. They didn't water it down. I pray you would give us the same courage, the same conviction, the same ability to witness from our own experience. They were so convinced because they had experienced exactly what they were proclaiming. They were telling of what they knew through experience. That's what a witness does. They tell of what they know. So I pray that you would enable each of us to speak what we know through experience. So first, bring us into the place where we are experiencing your presence, experiencing your transformation in our own lives. And then help us share it authentically. For Peter and the apostles in this time, that was their place. We aren't necessarily going to get brought before court and flogged. No matter where you put us, help us to speak our story, our experience of you with authenticity and boldness and courage and honesty and respect. And then when we receive from the world what you've told us to expect, which is unacceptance, which is trouble, which is difficulty, help us like the apostles rejoice that we were counted worthy to be treated shamefully in your name. Suffering in your name is a theme of Acts. The privilege of suffering your name is not something that we aspire to in our own human heart. So give us so much more of you that allows us to experience suffering in that way, that allows us to continue teaching, proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah in exactly the way that you have told us to and exactly the environment that you have given to us. As we think through these verses over the next couple of days, whether that's on the post or even in our own reading, that you would increase the healthy fear of the Lord in our lives, that you would draw us into deeper experience of your presence and of your transformative love, and that we would then speak that experience very clearly in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching this broadcast on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page, I so appreciate your being here with me either live or on the replay. 
Join us again on Monday. We'll be back on Monday. This is midweek, so we'll be back on Monday with the next chapter. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing is super helpful for making this show be shown to more people in the algorithm. So, so appreciate you subscribing. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my heart is that as you and I pray together, as we do this twice a week, that God would use this time to direct your heart and he would use it to direct mine. But most of all, I pray that you would fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words that we speak and read. Amen. Amen.